Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at fantasyfootballprofit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're talking sleepers for the 2022 football season. This is kind of always one of people's favorite topics, sleepers, which at this point, though, with fantasy football, I feel like sleepers aren't as – no one's unknown anymore. It feels like you have to go way, 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 way down the list to find unknowns. These, these people aren't going to be really unknown to anybody, but they're going to be guys that are outside of the, you know, the top rankings that maybe aren't being talked about as much that we think really could make an impact this year. And it's, if you can hit one of these guys, you're in a lot better shape in fantasy. I mean, this isn't – I wouldn't try to go win your fantasy league by just looking for all sleepers. That's probably not the greatest option in the world, but they can definitely help you if you find a few good guys. So we're going to go through each position, give a few players for each position that we like. But before we do that, make sure you guys go check us out at all the different places we are on Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash fantasy football profit. We're on Twitter at Twitter.com slash the FF profit. YouTube.com slash fantasy football profit. You can follow us there. You can go see our progress with our Scott Fishbowl team, which is really getting me in the fantasy fantasy mood for this year. Scott Fishbowl is uh, basically feels like the kickoff to fantasy football every year. Um, we're doing a slow draft right now. It's like 21 rounds. Um, rules are a little crazy, so you got to make up some interesting strategies. And me and Jeff are having a good time on. Uh, we're just we're going all out on this one this year, Jeff. All, all the upside plays. So it's a lot of fun. Go, you can go check us out on um, go Twitter. I have all the updates there. If you can see our up-to-date roster, I think we just went on a run of uh, rookie receiver, rookie and second-year receivers, right? Tony, and then we got Watson, we got Moore, Sky Moore, and we got um, Jamison Williams. We're really we're going for it, man. We're hoping somebody, some of these guys hit. Going big, but go check us out on Twitter on that one. You'll be able to see our current roster. But here we go, sleepers. So quarterback – I don't think there's really many great options here, Jeff. You don't really see any too many sleeper options. I'm just going to throw out. Um, I'm not like this. Is, I'm not really advocating for this, but I'm just I'm kind of interested yet in I'm in Mitch Trubisky. To be honest, he's way down there because of Kenny Pickett was obviously drafted by the Steelers. I just feel like there was something left in Trubisky that this guy could be fantasy relevant. Um, and if he gets the opportunity to start with a couple good receivers, Deontay Johnson with Chase Claypool, with Pat Fryermuth, with Najee Harris. That's a good offense. If Mitch Trubisky gets the job, I think he can be better than, than people think. I'm not as interested, honestly, in, in Kenny Pickett if he's the quarterback. But Trubisky, I'd be a little interested. Just going to throw it out there. Um, not somebody you're going to target in 10 and 12 team, one quarterback leagues. It's just not – there's no need. But I think he's getting – right now he's ranked 31st. If he's the starter – there's no way. There's no way. That that rank is based on the fact that people think Kenny Pickett could get that job. That's the only reason he's 31st currently. So, Mr. Trubisky, I, just, I find him interesting, Jeff. I don't know. I don't know what, what, what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't buy into it, but. <laughs> <laughs> the offense, man. I mean, maybe he'll get the first few starts or whatever, but. I, I don't know. I think that Pickett will eventually take over the job. I'm just not – I'm not sold on Pickett. I don't know how great of a prospect he is, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, the uh, you know the devil you don't know. <laughs> like Trubisky, we've seen True. him. Like, we've seen him. Um, yeah. Is he better? Year. Yeah. Was, is he better than probably what he played? A little bit. And does he have better toys here? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. 
But all right, that's it. Quarterback, I don't, I didn't, I don't think you really have any <laughs> others, do you? They're the guys like if you go around twentieth and beyond, they're just they're there because they're there. I don't. There's maybe some upside, but I, I just don't know where it's going to come from. Maybe Carson Wentz because I think the guy can still play a little bit, and he has Terry McLaurin, um, Jahan Dotson, but that's about it for me. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't pick any QBs. I think they are where they are for a reason. And yeah, they're, they're young guys. Can they take a step up? Absolutely. Like, I mean, I could sit here and talk about Zach Wilson or something or Mac Jones, but they, they all play, I, but I'm just, just yeah. yeah, I'm not there yet. And I don't think the the upside is enough to where I'm like, you know, think about putting them on your roster. I just don't think it's there. Yep. All right, let's move over to running back, Jeff. Who do you got at running back? Who's a sleeper you're looking at? Um. For a sleeper for me, the only running back that would show up for me is going to be Kenneth Walker. And we all know why. I mean, he was a what second round draft pick for Seattle. We like that fit, but you also have Rashad Penny. You also have Carson. Um, but hey, I mean, Carson is coming back from injury. Rashad Penny could never stay healthy. Kenneth Walker is surprisingly athletic and and it, I, it's weird to say that, but I mean, he ran a sub four, four, he seems like a bruising running back, but he can play different styles. I, I think that this is a really good fit for him. Um, will he, will it be his backfield right from the get go? I highly doubt that, but I think that as the season progresses, he will take the line share of it. I think he'll end up being kind of the lead back. And because of where he's going currently, I believe, where is he going currently? He's running back 33. I think there's a lot of upside with him. Um, he's barely outside of what we would be considered a sleeper, but running back is relatively shallow. And that's why I, I like him. Yeah. So I think you're spot on with that. It's the fact Chris Carson's not cleared at this point. There's a lot of rumors out there that Chris Carson might not even make the roster this year, to be honest. Like there's, I've seen multiple places saying it, it's, it's, I don't know where this, this could just be people predicting this, right? This might not be any real information, but even having that out there is kind of like, you know, maybe in the Seahawks seem to be in a full rebuild build mode, right? At this point, Carson might not figure into their plans right now. And then it becomes Rashad Penny, right? He was yeah. awesome. Just awesome at the end of last year. I mean, this guy, he looked the part. He looked the first round draft pick, but we know Rashad Penny can't stay healthy. No, that's even, the problem. And and I'll go even further than that. If Carson is because right now you're absolutely right. I, it was a, a a relatively serious injury, so you you don't know if yeah. he's going to be the same. Yeah. Um, even if there are three, but especially if there's two, even if Rashad Penny stays healthy, I think there's plenty of work for both of them because you don't know who's throwing the ball quite yet. I mean, it could be Drew Locke, it could be Geno. Um, do I think that it's going to be a prolific throwing offense? No. So I think they will try to establish the run early. I think there'll be plenty of work for both of them. Um, what does that look like? Do they end up getting banged up because everyone loads the box? Probably, but I, I still think that he's well worth having. So I'll throw out, I mean, this is going to be no surprise to anybody, Ramondre Stevenson. I love Ramondre Stevenson. He's at 37 right now in the ranks. I honestly don't see much of a difference in talent level between him and Damian Harris. I just don't. But the Patriots are so unpredictable. I can't say what they're going to do. Stevenson fumbles a couple times. There he, there, there he goes, right? And then he's back in the doghouse. I love the talent. Absolutely love the talent. It's just, will he get the opportunity? I think there will be games where he gets opportunity. We just don't know when they're going to be right now. Um, he's it, it could take a Harris injury, but you just it, it's just they're so unpredictable. I, I don't even want to try to predict this. I just say, I love the player. 
He's going late. You don't have to risk much in a regular redraft league. You're, he's your fifth running back, maybe. You, the, you just there's not much risk there at all. So I love Ramondre Stevenson. I'll throw it. I'll just throw again. This isn't. A, I feel like this isn't even a sleeper. This is more. Everyone knows this. Tony Pollard. He's at 34 right now. He's not really a sleeper. He's in that range, but everyone knows him. He's a handcuff. He's the best handcuff could be out there. You could I mean I guess him, Madison, one. You know that level of player. If Zeke were to go down, Pollard's going to be awesome. And it might not even take Zeke going down for Pollard to be awesome. So he could be, yeah. have his own value. Yeah. I, I, and there's a, a few of those guys that are playing RB2 on a team that you don't really know if RB1 is going to really hold it. Uh, Pollard is the best of the bunch because he is talented. And on top of that, you know, he, he could be doing his own thing. He's, he's worth having, even if Zeke is healthy. Um, what do you think about the other ones like uh, um, Henderson on L.A., Michael Carter, the Jets? Um, what do you think about those two guys in particular? Because the question will be, hey, they showed promise and then they just never really fully got it. And then they added people above them. But yeah, so with Henderson. Look, yeah, Cam yeah. Akers. So that's the thing. The Cam Akers thing is interesting, right? Cam Akers, he came back from the Achilles in very fast time, very fast time. And he didn't look good. He Honestly, he didn't play well. He, he just didn't. But you can blame that on the Achilles, right? That's understandable. I don't – I he showed flashes, but I didn't think he was very good. And then it's like everyone just assumes Cam Akers is going to be great this year. People just don't come back from Achilles injuries that easily. Like, he might not be that player. He might not be the player we thought he could be or everyone was hyping him to be, you know, beginning of last year. And, you know, uh, we were a little – for me. It's easy yeah. for me to hate on him because I was saying that yeah. he wasn't going to be that player anyway. And then we're, the NFL bad, we, we just told people to slow down a little bit. And I'm going to say yeah. it again. Let's slow down on acres a little bit. Henderson's probably not going away. Right. Yeah. Henderson's going to get a lot of opportunity. I feel like yet. Yeah. And it, we just, the thing is you don't know what acres is right now. You just don't know until we actually see it in action. Maybe we'll get to see it in preseason a little bit. That can be a big thing. If um, we get some pre a preseason game or two and he plays and he looks really good. Okay. That might, the fears go away. Maybe Henderson, you don't really think about much, but Henderson's interesting in the forties right now. So that's for sure. And then Michael Carter, I think Michael Carter is just like an average player, to be honest. I, I, I think the jets realized that too. He, he had his moments, but it wasn't anything spectacular. And it was more of just, he had the opportunity and he looked, he looked okay in it, but I think they realized he's not like a top notch prospect kind of a deal. He was a fourth round pick for probably a good reason. Brees Hall, I think they're going to give an opportunity. Carter's not going to not play. He's going to play. Like everyone, everyone basically has two backs at this point, except there's, yeah. you know, a few that don't, but he'll play a little bit. I'm just not really, I don't have that high of hopes for him. I guess I would throw out James Cook a little bit at 43, the rookie. I could see him, though, being more just used in like a third down role. I, I don't, you don't know how it's going to play out. I could see him. You know, getting some some passing down work, Singletary being the early down guy. It seems like Zach Moss is not a thing anymore, which listen to us two years ago, we would have told you that. Um, <laughs> we have never bought the Zach Moss hype either. But I I, I don't to be fair, we're 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 <laughs> relatively high in Singletary, so <laughs> okay. Maybe that that, that clouded our judgment. Hey, yeah. maybe have, we're maybe sing, other, yeah, maybe maybe singletary being overlooked. <laughs> no, so I I might have some um old. No, I honestly sleeper. I honestly think on it. I was gonna say on a different team, I, I still believe that Singletary could have done better. But we'll see. 
He you doesn't know, get any goal line work. I, I, I don't think I was wrong in Singletary. I think I was wrong on, on Josh Allen early on in his career and how much you were oh, wrong. That's what I was, I was way wrong. wrong. I was, I was yeah. way wrong on Josh Allen. You go back in the archives of our podcast. Yeah, you can hear I was, me I was really ripping rip Josh Allen one, one show, and I was so wrong. I'm so wrong on that. Oh, man. Yeah. But, no, I you know, they're actually – we're going to do a deep sleeper episode. I have a couple names actually in the deep sleepers a little further down. They're not real, real sleepers. They're, they're little, they're guys I like. I'll talk about them on another show. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to spoil them right now. So let's go to wide receiver here, Jeff. Got anybody here? There's probably more names in, in the wide receiver pool. Yeah, I got, I got three that I, I really like and sleeper is probably an overstatement, but at the same time what we we're past the top 40 um, yep. guys that are really, you know, could be really, really good. Um, the number one, and this is not in any order, but, uh, the guy that I love the most at wide receiver 65 is going to be Christian Watson. Um, I obviously have been a big fan of him through the draft. He went to a team that I really want him to go to in Green Bay. He does not have to overcome a lot of wide receivers in order to be in the starting lineup. He has all of the measurables you could ever want. So if his quality of play is going to be where I think it can be, even though he went to a small school, I think that he could really catch fire, um, especially the second half of the year. But I think it could be, you know, pretty much immediate. It is going to be whoever gains, you know, Rogers trust first wins. And yeah, you have Lazard, but he's had many years to do it and he just hasn't. So I don't believe in it. Um, and, you know, they, they got another um, another wide receiver in the fourth round. I think that he's a really solid wide receiver, but I don't think he has as much upside as Christian Watson. I mean, the guy runs once again in the four threes, he's six, four, um, you know, he is everything you would want him to be. And, uh, you know, I've heard relatively good things coming out of camp. I have heard that he's struggling with drops, but I don't want to be like everyone else, but I take it with a grain of salt because I, I, you know, fell in love with that saying that about Jamar chase last year. And then whew, did he, uh, did he turn, you know, <laughs> did he make sure that didn't matter? Um, so yeah, I think Christian Watson just has all of the ability in the world and and so much of the uh opportunity to shine at wide receiver 65. It is absolutely like a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, what what are we banking on here? Is it gonna be really do we really buy into Alan Lazard? Like, do you like I, I don't know? So Christian Watson, man, he I just feel like Rogers is gonna love this guy. And I think it's going to be, you know, I'm really surprised actually, not just him. I'm looking at all the rookies and a lot of these guys are ranked really low, which I love. Actually, you could stock up on a few rookies in the end of your bench, rookie receivers at the end of a draft and just hope one of them breaks out. No one's getting overranked at all, which I love. No. Well, and that's the thing about this draft. I, I said it earlier on when we we're, when we we're going through all these, there's so many guys I really, really liked, but there wasn't any one of them that was kind of like, Oh, he's the guy to get, like, he is going to like tear it up. He's going to, you know, set the world on fire. It was kind of like, they're all just really solid. They're all like speedy, like good handed wide receivers that can really fit in right away. And, and you're seeing that up and down, but then you get to, okay, who's a little more special and who's in a position where they can really shine. And, and, you know, going, we, we mentioned Lazard and just to really show you, I'm, we're not cherry picking. Alan Lazard is probably the best wide receiver on the team at the moment. Uh, other than that, you have an aging Randall Cobb who can, you know, in the slot, he can still serve a purpose. And then you have Sammy Watkins who cannot stay healthy and has never done anything outside of his second year. And he's in his what now, like, sixth seventh 
Um, he's pretty much like on a prove it deal. Uh, I think that he's in there just to make sure the wheels don't fall off. And then you have Christian Watson would be next. And then Romeo Dobbs, who was the fourth rounder that I mentioned out of uh, Nevada, I believe he was, he seems relatively good. And then uh, Amari Rogers, who they got from Clemson, you know, in last year's draft, who just never really did anything. So yeah. Christian Watson, I mean, if if it like, you would have to really suck not to get a ton of reps. So yeah. I, I just don't see it not happening for the guy. Sandy Watkins is moving into year nine. <laughs> year nine. I was off on that. Damn. <laughs> We're still waiting for him to do it, right? Still, still has a chance. Still can. I mean, he could. If, if he could live up to that potential someday. Yeah. All right. So, you know, what? I'm going to throw out here, which I, I I know you're not a fan of this guy. And oh, it's, it's actually two guys, but one of them I know you're not a fan of. But I think there's something here, and it's going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantley. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. I, I know you're not a fan. Do we disagree, but I just don't understand so, this. I know. I get it. I'm not even going to talk about the player necessarily himself. Like, I'm not going to go into him and how good he can be or not. I just find this interesting because in, in Sky Moore, I'm going to just talk Sky Moore, too. Okay. Like, he's 59th, right? Yes, I get that so one. Valdez Scantling's 50th. Sky Moore's 59th. I think people, I think we might have the Kansas City receivers ranked wrong. And because Juju, I'm not buying, to be honest. I'll be 100% honest with you. He's at 30, 32 right now. And this is some of it. Some of I'm just, this is why. It's just, it's very interesting to me that this guy who is, he's only 25 years old yet, right? Who had such a monster year, his second year when he was only 22 years old, can't get a long term contract. When Christian Kirk's getting paid, when Valdez Scantling's getting paid by the same team, why can't why is why is no one just jumping at Juju Smith Schuster? Why is he not get? Why is he on back to back one year deals? Like what is going on here? The the Chiefs alone. If you just look at this in the offseason, the Kansas City Chiefs went and signed two receivers and then drafted one. Right, one of them they drafted decently early, or you know, in a good spot is the lowest ranked. The guy who they pay, they signed to a three-year, $30 million contract is ranked 50th. But the guy they just went to give a one-year deal, which is one-year 10 million, 10.75 million people say, 8 million of that is incentives. They gave him nothing. 8 million is incentives. 2 million of that is the Chiefs have to make the AFC championship game. They probably do, but that's a lot of money tied into them making the championship game. But that the guy who was only on a one-year, very low base salary, very low guaranteed money deal is the guy who's ranked 18 spots ahead of guy number two. I don't know. Something feels off with that to me. I, and I know why. It's the names. It's Juju. We had, he did it in 2018. And Valdez Scantling's always kind of been a disappointment. you know. So I get, I get what people are saying. If you just look at the money and you look at what the Chiefs went out and did and who they put their trust in, I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe we're backwards on those two, or maybe they should both be ranked 45th, 44th and 45th. Maybe we're just way, maybe Juju's way too high, but yeah, I, think, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I, I have a hard time believing in MVS, but I do, I do kind of agree with it when you're saying maybe we ranked them incorrectly or like, you know, they're ranked yeah. incorrectly, but the truth is no one really knows. Right. I would love to say McCole Hardman because I've been saying it yeah. like he just needs the opportunity, but he hasn't done it either. They'll, you know, they got Sky Moore. 
Josh Gordon, they're they're kind of just reaching and trying to get anyone they can get that they don't have to overpay, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyone can be successful in this offense, but you know, we've seen it before where they'll just spread the ball out until they're blue in the face. Um, but yeah, I don't I tell you the truth, I couldn't tell you who is going to be the main person on this. I think it is going to be, you know a complete guessing game weekend and it'll be Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And It'll I think Travis that's the problem. So you, you take the, you take yeah. the latest one. So when you say MVS, then sure. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, Kelsey's gonna be fine, but you know, you, I think that is an interesting premise of like, can you guess correctly on this team? Cause right now I, I, I could not, and I haven't been hyping any of them up for right. that exact reason. Well, and I'll just go against to my Valdez Gantling point and just show why you don't like the guy, the guy he's played with um, Aaron Rodgers for four seasons. He's had 247 targets in four seasons. He's only caught 123 of those balls. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a, usually the problem on that. He's only caught half of his targets. No. Um, he has 123 remember- catches in four years. And remember who he's playing with too. I mean, you have Devonta Adams, which is wonderful, but after that, it was, you know, it was yeah. like Alan Lazard, MVS, well, who's going to take it, and and no one ever did, and that's why I don't have any faith in either of those guys. I just, I just still, I find him interesting, though. I find I'm just, I'm just intrigued. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know why. he's a speedster, and if any of them get open, Mahomes has such a big arm that he can he can find them. So if you do have speed, you know, th- there's always the possibility of just big plays, and you don't, you know, you don't have to get open for very long on that team. So I. Yep. I'm not completely, I guess I'm not completely off of the idea, but um, it's kind of like, I, I just haven't seen it in a few years. And if you, you know, why would I believe it now? All right. But yeah, who knows? You got it. You have another one in this range. Yeah. Um, I have two more. Uh, one of them is um, you, you love him too, but Kadarius yeah. Tony for me, he's yeah. wide receiver number 49. Um, we don't have to go too in depth with him, but the, I mean, in the few games he played and was healthy, uh, he looked phenomenal. I mean, really, he, he looked like he could be the next big young wide receiver that can do it all. And that was with Daniel Jones. That was a, with the a dysfunctional Giants team. There was a three-game stretch, and in that stretch, he, he still got hurt, and then we couldn't see him anymore. But he looked like he was about to break out. And I, I just think that we saw the glimpse of the talent. I think you give him you know another half a season under his belt. You let that team kind of get back uh, back together because they were just falling apart at the seams. I think this kid could be really something special. So I, I really, really like taking the upside shot with him at 49. Yeah, he, w- he was on my list too, 100%. He looked special in, a, in that game and quarter, right? <laughs> I think that's he, – he looked he really did. special. And, he did. He and, and how often do you really say that too? I mean, we, we talk about numbers all the time, and we, we're kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, value this, value that. But when you see a guy and you're kind of like, he just looks different on the field than everyone else, mm-hmm. it's very rare. And it, But it took the coach, hell no, he was, wasn't getting opportunity. It was weird. And then he, he was forced into opportunity because everyone was hurt. And then yeah. he looked awesome. And then some of them came back and, well, he got hurt. And then people came back. He never got the, never got the looks again. But you can see that happening. Like, people, I know people would say, there could be the argument of if he was really that good all the time, like he would get the opportunity, but maybe not. The coach was Joe Judge, right, from the Patriots organization, who just is they they just they they can be different sometimes. And obviously, <laughs> there's been some, I mean, character concerns with Tony. People you could say, and maybe he just rubbed the coaches the wrong way, and they didn't want to give the guy the chance. Yeah. That and was- I can see a. a 
Belichick <laughs> protege doing that. And that could be what it is. I think um, what's his name? Brian DeBall from he was with Buffalo. He's the new coach. He's gonna see he's he, if he has the talent, he's gonna he's gonna show that make yeah, he's gonna play the guy. Well, well, here's and that's the funny thing too. I, I was, you know, I, I think you eventually you completely got to the point I was gonna make anyway, but uh you know, if you if you don't want to get fired, you yeah. have to win. And if you want to win, yeah. you have to play the most talented players, despite you know, if you like them the most or not, right? And we, we, I mean, we've seen this how many times and we got a uh, front, you know, front row seat when Patricia was the, the coach of the Lions. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you think you're smarter and you can out, you know, outthink everyone. It, it, you need talent on the field. And he, there is very clear to everyone watching that Tony is very talented and, and they, they need weapons. They need them very, really, really badly. We still don't know if Galladay is going to be hundred percent healthy. Saquon needs help. Um, so yeah, I, I think that he is going to, you know, Say okay, I, I gotta, I gotta play him. So yeah, and here's an um, article just from the other day because there was all rumors too that they were shopping him earlier in the offseason. That's not going to happen now. Um, I one of the, love that because they drafted yeah. him just two years yeah. ago, knowing yeah. everything, knowing all of this, and then, and then you get you know questions about it later. It was, well, it says um, at this point they think he's set to start the season um, at, at outside receiver. Him and Galladay, he yeah, should be no out, kidding. You know? Yeah, it like, should be them. It hey, should be them. And Shepherd, then. Yeah. <laughs> and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton should be behind those two. So, yeah, that, that should yes, be what happens. Doubt. If this is how it goes, Kadarius Tony is going to be a steal, an absolute steal at 49 right now. Uh, absolute steal. He's going behind Michael Gallup. He's, you know, he's going behind Robert Woods, who can that guy play anymore? We don't know. He's going behind Christian Kirk, like Alan Lazard. There's just no way. Kadarius Tony is better than all those guys. It's not even close. So, yeah. All right. You said you have, you have one more guy. I do have one more guy. Um, right. And uh, it's a feel good, man. I, I really, when I was looking through all these guys and where can you find value, I came across Tim and I, you know, looking at the roster, I'm like, yeah, he could really do something. He could make a comeback this year. And that's going to be Jarvis Landry. Uh, he went to the Saints. He is going to be, uh, you know, on the back end of his career. But we don't know what Michael Thomas is yet. Uh, like, is he coming back? Is he going to be healthy? Uh, you know, Chris Olave that they drafted, uh, you know, super skilled guy, but we don't, we haven't seen him play yet. We don't know what's going to happen with Elvin Kamara in the first half of the year. Um, there's a lot of question marks and James Winston loves to sling the ball and Jarvis Landry on every team he's ever been on is able to get open. He's able to get a lot of balls thrown his way. Last year, it, you can't tell, did he slow down or were the Browns just a dysfunctional mess? You know, the, Baker was playing hurt. There's a reason why all of this, you know, nonsense went on in the offseason and they, you know, shopped him even when they don't know if they're going to have a QB. So I think that it wasn't necessarily Jarvis's fault. Do I think that he still has, a, you know, that he has a, a ton left in him? No, I think that he's going to be a savvy vet but I do think in this offense, he could still get a hundred targets and he could do a lot of really good things. He's never been a touchdown guy. So it is all going to be about receptions and just moving the chains. But along those lines, I mean, he's been able to do it in and out and just, um, you know, uh, in 2019, still on Cleveland, he played a full season. He had 138 targets, 83 catches and almost 1200 yards with six touchdowns the year. After that, 101 targets, 72 catches, 840 yards, and three touchdowns. Still a very solid output 
uh, someone that you can definitely use on your team. And then last year, he only played 12 games. He still had 87 targets, but only 52 catches, 570 yards and two touchdowns in a very dysfunctional team. He'll be 30. There are concerns, but at the same time, you know, you're getting him at wide receiver 55. I think if you took, you know, big shots in the beginning, he is someone that you can play and, you know, plug and play. And I think there is some relative upside with him. And so I'm going to throw, I'll throw out just one more name quick that it's again, this is like further down that I'm not as like, you go target this guy. I've talked about a little bit before. It's Jameson Crowder, same kind, you know, another guy I think is going to get catches. And again, he might not even be drafted. I don't know if you draft this guy, you probably just watch and see how the bills use him. But he should he should just go into the Cole Beasley role is what I'm expecting. Um, so there's no Emmanuel Sanders, there's no Cole Beasley. So Gabe Davis should step up, and then Crowder I think should step into the Beasley role. Beasley caught 82 passes last year. He caught 82 passes the year before. He didn't have as many yards last year, and he only had one touchdown. He had four touchdowns in 2020, um, in a few in, in about 900 some yards. If if Crowder goes there and gets 80 catches and 800 yards and five touchdowns, that's pretty productive. Beasley was ranked, I think, 31st in standard scoring even. I don't have the PPR, but in standard in that 2020 season. It, I, I could easily see Crowder getting that opportunity and doing that. So it's more of a just wait and see, watch and see what happens, how they use him. Um, I don't really feel like you draft James and Crowder, but he's definitely one of those waiver wire pickups. But if you need somebody early on, I feel like he'll be able to get you some looks. And then I'm just going to throw out one other quick name. This is this is really more of an early season type play. If you just need a guy for a few weeks and maybe you're making, I don't know what you're, why you need it, but Russell Gage, I think, is going to be interesting early in the year before Godwin comes back. Once Godwin comes back, I think that all changes. And Gage is probably used, but not as much when it's Godwin and Evans. But at this point, if you really think about the Bucks, it's Mike Evans early on. Because Godwin, I don't think he's going to be back first month. I really don't. If that's the case, it's Mike Evans. And then what? Yeah. I mean, Russell yeah. Gage is going to be valuable early on, but I don't think it's going to be something that lasts all year. And that's kind I, of where I'm at. I don't even know if, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, heaven knows they, they like to throw a lot with Tom Brady. Yeah. Fournette is great, but he's also an older back and you don't have Gronk coming back. Uh, Godwin is hurt. They do have some other wide receivers, but he does seem to be, the guy they went out and got. So, yeah. um, you know, unless he completely blows it, I, I can't see that they just don't have as many weapons as they did a year ago. So he could have a niche even when Godwin gets healthy, even yeah, though you're absolutely correct. And yeah, look, the upside, does it take away some of that? Yeah, Godwin's awesome. Like He's a great wide receiver. Like yeah, but, you're going to lose out. But um, look, I mean, you're, you're going to be throwing guys at Evans and Godwin and – you know, Gage and these other guys should be able to scoop up a lot. Yeah, I think um at at forty six, that's the that's what Tom Brady's second receiver is at is forty six. I think that's really low. So I think it's an interesting point. So all right, let's go. We'll finish this up real quick. Got a couple minutes here. Let's jump over to tight end. Do you have any names to throw out there at tight end? Um, yeah, I only have one really, and that is going to be Irv Smith Jr. Um, once again, I don't want to get on the Irv Smith bandwagon. I really liked his measurables. I liked him coming out of college. He's finally has a few years under his belt, which we always kind of go down the path of that's what you need most of the time to be a good tight end in the league. It just takes longer to produce, but he was hurt last year. And I think with Justin Jefferson and Thielen, um, kind of overproducing, like I think at some point that does have to come back down. 
I think that uh, Kirk Cousins could really use a guy in the middle of the field. It, it just feels like the year that his production starts spiking. And um, he really does have athletic upside. So I, I like him as a kind of like wait until the end of the you know a draft, pick him up, and then yeah. find out what you have in the first three weeks. And if you don't, you can move on. But I, I, I think that he might be one of the very few tight ends that have significant upside. I'm, I'm with that. It's, I think that that offense is going to be really good. I think they're even going to go more to a passing offense than they've been in the past, to be honest with their, with the, what's his name? O'Connell at coach came from the Rams. I think they're going to be a little bit more prolific than they even were. I actually really like this Vikings. We didn't talk about this, but I, maybe I should have been, I don't know if it's a sleeper, but I, I I'm all on board with Kirk cousins this year. So I honestly, I think this is going to be a very interesting offense. I think they're going to be really good. Irv Smith should be a part of it. And I'll throw out one other name, Albert O from Denver. I'm not even going to try. It is Albert O. Um, <laughs> he has Russell Wilson as his quarterback. He's the guy now there. No offense over in Seattle. Uh, he should get a, he should give it, have an opportunity here. It's going to be a, should be a good offense. You would think they have a lot of good pieces here with, with Wilson, with Javante Williams, with Melvin Gordon, with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Albert O. There's a lot of guys, but at tight end, I think I think he could get some opportunity here. So I think he's an interesting player. He's ranked 19th right now. Um, I'm definitely interested to see how this plays out with him. I think he could be a, a good value here. There we yeah, go. I like that pick. Sleepers. There we go. That's sleepers for you. We'll be back with another episode. We're going to do deep sleepers on our next one. We're going to go down. This is going to be a little more. These are more lottery tickets on our next show. That's for sure. So, but I'll do it for today. Talk to you guys next time.